Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Missed Apex Podcast, brought to you by MissedApexPodcast.com. We live F1. Downforce Radio, the nation's motorsport station. And corporate chauffeurs, presumably ferrying people around. I'm your host, Spanners Ready, and I'm joined by Matt Two Rumpets. How's it going, Matt? Ah, it's going pretty well. How about yourself, Mr. Spanners? I'm good. Obviously, I couldn't do our normal Sunday live stream slot and YouTube has decided not to work. But you may ask yourself, how did we manage to fill a panel of people on a Saturday night, the most exciting night of the week? Because we're a bunch of sad, pathetic persons who need a life. Well, I was going to go with parents, but strangely, the definition fits almost exactly. I was going to say same thing then. This week, we're going to take a look at some news, Matt, and we're going to look forward to Australia because this is very much now the start of the Formula One season. Yes, we are going to do both of those things. And it's pretty exciting with the big regulation changes. There's a lot more uncertainty within the certainty that we have. For those of you just finding us, we are an independent podcast hosted by MissedApexPodcast.com. We aim to bring you your race reviews before your Monday morning commute. We might be wrong, but we're first. This show is safe for work. We're keeping it clean here, so you can play this with kids in the background, or in the car, or at work. Matt, we're also going to lay down some predictions. Yes, and I predict that someone will be wrong. I reckon the first person who will be wrong is Alex Van Jean. Thanks for joining us on the live stream. Good evening. How are we all keeping this evening? That's good. I didn't know the tagline for corporate chauffeurs, but that's your family business, so give it a little plug. Um, they do lots of things for big corporate businesses, but also if you're looking for weddings and things like that, they do um, all sorts of executive cars that can get you there in comfort and style. They need a tagline, though. Do they, do they in their little cars, supply a bottle of water and a bag of peanuts? Because that's what I like. If I'm picked up at an airport, I like my little bag of peanuts. Water, yes. Peanuts, no. 
They yeah. have internet, though. Get on that, Alex Van Jean. Peanuts more important than internet. Chris Catman Turner, quizmaster and writer for F1 Fanatic. How's it going, Chris? Uh, good, thanks, Ben. How are you? I'm, I'm really good. I do apologise for last week. You did us an amazing quiz, about 50 questions, and all you got was, uh, technically, the uh, safety car in 1974 was a Porsche Carrera 72715.3. A diesel, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes, um, never trust a Wikipedia website because uh, apparently it was a 1973 yellow Porsche 914 at the Canadian Grand Prix. So I do apologise to all the listeners for that. I've got an out for you because it was actually called something like a circuit car rather than a safety car. Although it did the same job, it wasn't called a safety car. So you're still you're still a quiz god. I'm still okay. Brilliant. Anil Palmer, how come you've got nothing better to do on a Saturday night? You're young, you're tall, you're handsome. Why aren't you? Why aren't you out sowing your wild oats? Oh, look at you throwing compliments my way like you always do. It's F one spanners. We're a week away. I'm too excited. I'm too excited. You've got to be here. It's the place to be. Missed Apex podcast and the sixth person joining us. We are so lucky to have him. The sniff in the background is Downforce Radio's guru Jake Sanson, commentator, radio host, amazing all round sales gent, Jake Sanson. Hello, Spanners. Good to see you once again, my friend. No, oh, thanks for gracing us. It's nice to see the boss down on the shop floor. Yeah, I, I felt it was time to walk amongst the minions and see, you know, how uh, Camp Ground Zero is going. And it seems that you're all keeping yourselves very nicely in check. Good and boys. You've got to do the cringe work. Firstly, you've got to ask everyone, you know, what are your conditions like? Is, is your mail getting through? What's the canteen like? Then you've got to patronizingly roll up your sleeves and take off your tie and do one thing that the rest of the workers do for like eight hours every day. So you only get like fifteen minutes. Oh my uh, Break. Oh, fifteen. Oh, well, that's uh, that, that's that's not all that really, is it? Hey, let's get on to some big dirty news. And that's big dirty news, not big dirty. You know who I'm talking to, you guys out there who make fun of it. The big dirty news. Who should we go to for this? Catman, why don't you give us a, a rundown of what's happening with McMercedes? McHonda, what's going on? Their well, Twitter confused I, me. <laughs> I'm not even sure uh, McLaren know themselves with their uh, wonderful tweeting that they're doing at the moment. Um, so I, I guess... Honda are complete shambles at the moment, and and Mercedes are trying to work out whether. Oh, sorry, oh, even I get yeah, it wrong. Exactly. Um, <laughs> McLaren are trying to work out whether they should just bust back to the glory days of Mercedes and just ditch Honda completely. With Honda, they just they haven't got it right yet again, and it's it's just utterly frustrating for McLaren seeing Alonso and the very talented Van Dorn just sitting on the sidelines in testing, whilst the others are just pounding in the laps. See, see, Matt, it's, we're getting such mixed messages again. And unbelievably, Eric Boulier, the font of all honesty, trust and integrity, is telling us on one hand that everything's fine. And then, and then not only do we get, you know, these rumors that they, they've opened talks with Mercedes, but we're getting tweets with where half the car, the rear end has got Mercedes livery on it. Is, is this almost like an open PR strategy war with Honda to say to them, this really is the time to buck your ideas up well isn't there a rule about never n- never attribute to um clever planning that which can be attributed to incompetence i think somebody just left the interns alone for a day with the keys to social media and you get what you get there's nothing really clever about what mclaren have been up to with honda making them look bad making them feel bad their partners regardless for this season i don't see them switching 
you know, midway through, it's hardly going to like, you know, I mean, yelling at people like that hardly motivates them, at least in my experience. Well, didn't Red Bull do that with Renault? I'm fairly sure they spent like a year completely ripping Renault to pieces going, this is appalling. This is ridiculous. How, you know, we need to do better than this. They had a name change of the engine and now all of a sudden everything's fine again. So maybe this is just McLaren's strategy. They're going to rename the engines, uh, I don't know, Kabuki or something ridiculously unrelated to it. And then maybe (laughs) they'll be quicker again. I don't know. And how well did that work out for Red Bull that season? Uh, not great, I will admit. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of what I'm saying, you know. And to me, and and I've been having this this um, discussion with other other people in other venues. But to me, uh, I'm astonished that McLaren expect expected anything other than what they actually got. I mean, here you have the regulation change weren't settled till how many months before? How how long have they had knowing there were no tokens and they could completely redevelop the engine? I don't know, but certainly not as much time as Mercedes had to develop their original engine. What happened the first time Honda showed up with a brand new engine developed in a short period of time? Well, I don't know, pretty much this, right? And and so to have expected much more at this stage strikes me as being highly unrealistic on the part of McLaren. And the fact that they're being so public about it, you know, again, either either it's incompetence. I mean, let's face it, we got somebody new running the shop at McLaren now, so we also don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of change at the team, but it doesn't strike me as a clever strategy, at least in the short term. We interrupt this broadcast because unfortunately we ran late, so we are going to come early to uh, to a caller on the line who's joined us. It's Patrick Green, uh, a supporter of Missed Apex Podcast, uh, one of the most enthusiastic uh, people in our community. And I have to say, Patrick, fantastic hair for a parent. Why do you even have hair like that? Uh, I have no idea. I just, you know, it's a gift. It's <laughs> just a gift. You put no effort into it whatsoever. Uh, the reason you're joining uh, I'm, is Patrick. I'm sorry about uh, the the chaos that I unleashed with the live stream running in my headphones. That was it was it was, it was honestly the most confusing one minute of my life. I think but it, it gave good. me the opportunity to say, "Turn your radio down, sir," and make me feel like a proper DJ. Anil, we've got two beards on the show, people. Oh, I'm sorry. Three. I'm working on it. All right. I am working on it. The reason Patrick (laughs) is joining us uh, on the live stream this week, apart from the fact that I really do want people calling in and people getting involved in the community. And and Patrick, we've got a great community going in our Slack group, in the Facebook group as well. But the reason I want you on is to talk about the element of competition we have amongst ourselves, which is the Fantasy League. You know, the reason I uh, I even wanted to do this was uh, like partway through last season, I was like, we're already spending all this time memorizing all the stats and keeping track of everything. Like there must be something productive, you know, kind of to do with that. So I looked into the fantasy leagues and Badgers just like really stuck out to me. And um, and this time I was like, let's try to make it official and do something because we have such a great community, you know, do something we can all kind of do together for fun. So, yeah, so it's uh, we have our, our Missed Apex Friends League and uh, and it's uh Super easy to get to. You just have to go to uh, fantasygp.com. Yep. And uh, go to friends and put in uh, wrong but first, which, which <laughs> won the uh, the poll on the Facebook site, which was awesome. Um, and the passcode for that is eight three nine seven eight three. So again, just go to fantasygp.com, uh, click friends, and go to wrong but first. Okay, so how do the mechanics of of this league work? Because on the face of it, it doesn't sound too difficult to pick two drivers and a team, um, but you actually, it's a little bit more uh, involved than that. Right, right, right. So it's actually, so you get three drivers and three teams, um, 
and the scoring goes completely in, in parallel with the regular, you know, GP scoring. So you get 25 points, 18 points, et cetera, for how they do. Um, and, uh, if you choose, you know, the, there's this whole element of strategy involved where, um, if you pick, obviously everybody wants to get, you know, Lewis and, and Mercedes on their team, but doing that's very expensive. <laughs> so you run up to your limit very quickly. And then it's like, who else are you going to choose? So to me, the, the really exciting stuff is when you get somebody who, uh, is a little bit more of like a wild card who could potentially do really well. So somebody like, you know, Roman Grosjean, for example, who might make up a lot of points. Yeah. So mine is, mine is really Palmer. well. Yeah. So mine is Palmer. Yeah. That. yeah. That's my wild right, card. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I, I saw somebody uh, picked Ericsson, idiots. But yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like gambling, really, isn't it? You're not you're not necessarily picking who you think is going to win. You're, you're picking who you think the organizers have kind of undervalued and and, you know, something right. they don't know. <laughs> Last season for me, my wild card was uh, was Alonzo because it was like such a crapshoot every time. It was like it could be could be anything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I, I did really well and sometimes it was like a nightmare, but it was always exciting, you know. Um, and so, uh yeah, it's a lot of fun. Catman? Well, Alonso always started about 100 places behind everybody else, so why not? He would make up a lot of places <laughs> right. just by driving around one lap. Exactly. And they've introduced a bonus point system now. So you actually make up extra points uh, compared to how, how well you advance in the field. So if you go from you know 18th uh, to 3rd, you get like, th- I think it's three points per position that you advance. So you can really make a killing doing that. So you, so, you, you know, kind you of want the people you kind of want the people who are poor at qualifying. Uh, but fast on the race, isn't it? So you want race pace. Right. Uh, okay. Although there's also, there's qualifying points as well this year, which is new. So everybody picking Hulkenberg and Perez then? Hulkenberg is two million more than Palmer, which is why I went for Palmer as my fill-in pick for that. But Patrick, we've we've already, just from the Slack and the Facebook group, picked up quite a lot of people in that league. Uh, do, do you know yeah, what the tally's 54. up to? 54! Fifty-four. No. Oh, wow. I checked it two days ago and it's thirty-eight, and I was like, you know, I was talking to my wife. I was like, we have thirty-eight people in this thing. It's fifty-four. It's amazing. Fifty-four people, people in this fantasy league. That, that's brilliant. Uh, my team is in there. I think I'm Spanners Ready Racing. Jake, are you in there? Can you? Uh, I'm just trying to get there with Sanson Engineering. What was the passcode again? <laughs> it's uh, it's it's eight. One second. Eight three nine seven eight three. Right. I put it okay. in the comments of the uh, live stream on Facebook for anyone who wants yeah. to. If you join the Facebook group, Missed Apex Podcast, it's actually the pinned tweet there or just yell in there, Patrick, Patrick, help me. And I think we're going to come to you, Patrick, as our, as our fantasy league coordinator. And hopefully you'll jump back on and, uh, and, and tell everybody how far ahead I am. I have to say I'm delighted based on hearing people's driver's picks already. None of you understand how to win this thing properly. (laughs) Do explain, Mr. Trumpets. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm keeping that knowledge for myself. So he doesn't know. Um, Patrick, thank you very much for your time. I know you've got to rush hey. off, but thank you for hanging on to talk to us. And thank we you, hope guys. We, we hope thank to hear you. from you basically on a, on a race review show, perhaps, if you could call in and, and let us know how that went. Got it. We'll Cheers, love to. Patrick. Thank you, guys. Keep it up. Great job. Keep it up. See you. Later. So from the very kind of positive and happy, happy thing, go on, Anil and Catman. I was going to say I'm really looking forward to that because uh, I do a little private league with my family and I uh, get my butt handed to me by my mother-in-law and my wife. That's the most embarrassing thing I've ever heard. I'll be joining. And what a beard. Can I just say once again, what what a beard. What a man. The amount of time he spends on the internet, I assumed he'd be a complete nerd. But no. Well, there you go. Things I thought he'd be like you, but he's like Zeus. I'm a proper handsome man, honestly. <laughs> It's worth the price of the live stream alone, which is free. Uh, okay, so let's get back to the less enjoyable uh, subject of McLaren Honda. So really, Matt, what do you think? What what damage is Honda doing to McLaren? And also, like, what damage is it doing to the sport? 
well, I, I'm not sure Honda is doing the damn any damage to McLaren that McLaren hasn't already done to itself. You know, they tossed Mercedes overboard yes. and they signed up with Honda, but it's an exclusive relationship. McLaren have no other sponsors to help out. And it just sounds like from the beginning, there's been uh, cultural cultural difficulties between McLaren and Honda that I'm, I'm fairly sure were not helped along by Ron Dennis's less than entirely um, stable position. And and it's hard to say. I mean, you know, certainly the word was when when they first came into the sport that the size zero was much, very much a McLaren idea that Honda agreed to. But yes. the size zero thing absolutely tanked them in terms of being competitive the last couple of years. Now they've redesigned it. And um, as I always at pains to point out, the one thing Alonzo did say is they have full ERS deployment deployment on the straights, which has not previously been the case. And that was their major one of their major problems with the old engine. The problem they have now is a vibration problem that nobody knows that we've not heard and probably never will exactly where it's coming from. And that's causing the valve train. This is this is the this is the running theory that I've heard. It's causing the the problems with the valve train. If they sort the vibrations, the engine technically has the power they're looking for, and and they're probably in the same boat as Renault within how far away they are from the Mercedes Ferrari. So potentially it's a competitive engine. What they don't have is three teams running the engine. What they don't have is the data. And again, coming to us from uh, from the Formula One technical post that, that was reposted to Reddit, the engineer saying basically they've been pursuing lots of strategies, lots of development with very little testing. And it's at this point that that comes back to bite you. So even if they solve the vibration issue, you can look for them to have some new fun thing to deal with in Australia, I would say. So why wasn't this picked up on the dyno back in Japan then? Because you would have thought that simulating a race distance and you know they put all the vibration in there, you'd have thought it would have vibrated itself to pieces on the test bed, right? You would think so, but, but bear in mind that the installation of the power unit in the Formula One car, the gearbox is a, um, is, is a stressed member of the chassis. And so you're going to get vibrations coming through the chassis and suspension into the engine that you may not be able to replicate on the dyno one two i would just point out that this is exactly how it turned out last time honda did so they may have a correlation issue between their test bed and real life that they've not sorted and three they absolutely are not going to have had the kind of time that you would need to start thinking of these second and third and fourth order problems that you might encounter because they're too spread out following different developmental paths trying to sort out the original issues forced on them by the size zero concept that they were never able they haven't been able to address over the past seasons because that bit of the architecture was locked in by the old regulations it's worth mentioning that stressed member was the name of anil's high school george michael tribute act uh but what did you want to get in on there mate yeah just cheers cheers for that mate thanks for blowing my cover um this is basically the engine that they should have had in 2015. They've in 2015 they had a terrible ERS. You know they were running out of battery power halfway down the straight. By the time they tried to fix that for 2016, their combustion engine was really weak compared to everyone else's because they weren't because of the layout of the engine. They weren't doing the turbojet ignition that we spoke about in the past and all these other little things to try and be as competitive as the others. Now they've had to do all of that in what six to nine months. The first time they've tested the engine is in F- is in pre-season testing, 
they're going they are going to spend the first six months of the season testing the difference being this year compared to 2015 they can actually change the engine through the year maybe development will come but even by then back of the grid with all the penalties it's gonna be a really long year well don't overlook it's going to depend on whether the power units blow up or not because if they have to properly replace the power unit then yeah it's four this year not five um and and they're in trouble but they're allowed under the regulations to make improvements for uh, safety and 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 cost and reliability i believe i would want to eyeball that because i haven't looked at it lately but in the past you you could show up and say this is a problem and and it's more onerous there's more paperwork and a longer lead time but it's potential they do have the potential to make changes without incurring penalties yeah neil that's actually a good point because I seem to recall some people saying that they had used five or six engines during the preseason testing, but that and that if they did that in Melbourne, they'd be taking penalties. But that, of course, assumes that those engines and all those parts were re- uh, unusable, that they could never use them again. If it's just one aspect of the power unit, maybe they can fix that and try to avoid uh, some penalties. It is crazy yeah. that we're talking about this though, because this is not any other manufacturer. This isn't any average Joe, you know run-of-the-mill manufacturer that we're talking about here having these difficulties. This is Honda. This is one of the world's leaders in terms of engineering, in terms of innovation, in terms of motor racing pedigree. This is one of the best on the planet. How can they be that far behind in their third year with these engines? How can they be that far behind? It's mental. This is this isn't a life engine. This isn't like Andrea Moda. This is Honda for goodness sake how can they be that bad what well, well, it's it's baffling is it is it an, is it an indictment catman on honda or is it an indictment on just how difficult it is to make these engines i think it's a bit of both but the problem is when was the last time the honda made actually a decent engine even in their previous v8 era it, it wasn't any good i think you know the last time a honda engine one was back with buttons first win pretty much yep. So, you know, that shows just how how bad they've been in, in the last 10 years. And even, I must say, on their road cars with the, the Civic Type R, the club I really want to buy, gets smoked by the Golf and the Focus RS. So, to be honest, I, I, I don't have that much faith in Honda, I'm afraid. If only there wasn't St. Pete to talk about. <laughs> Where Honda won from <laughs> last to first. Yeah. In, yeah, in they... the, so, and second of all, I, I want to address Jake's point because that, my friend, is somewhat disingenuous of you to make. Honda have entirely redesigned their engine for this year. Essentially, it is a new thing. Renault yeah. have not. Mercedes have not. Nor has Ferrari. They yeah, all make the... changes, but they are marginal evolutionary changes. Honda's engine change is revolutionary. And I would say to you, rather than saying, how can they be this far behind, what I would say to you is, I feel it's more appropriate to say, we don't really know if they are that far behind. But the one data point we have that is absolute, and based on Alonzo's press conference, is that they now have full ERS, something they've lacked for the previous two seasons. That speaks to them having gotten something right about this design. If they can't apply it over the course of the season, then you will be absolutely correct. And you have to ask yourself how they could have let it get that bad for that long. But I say you got to give them a chance at this point because they have solved one of their major problems in a six-month time period. Okay. Well, speaking of how long do you give them and, and how much of a chance do you give them, uh, Alex Van Jean, from a driver's perspective, you, you're Alonso. How long do you give them in a finite career? 
the question is, is with with regards to Alonso, he's got umpteen opportunities from things out of F1. This is probably his last really good chance of winning a championship. And I think through testing, he's seen that completely, utterly obliterated. Will he leave mid-year? I don't think he will. I don't. I just, I just, it's not, he's not a quitter. It's one thing with him. But um, the thing I wanted to talk about with regards to the engines is why make the risk to change, completely change engine? What, what you're going to look at is what was specifically wrong and not fixable with the old engine, which is why they had to go for a completely new design. The badge, that was what was wrong with it. <laughs> but we know they can produce decent engines. Okay, normally modern, model, yeah, normally aspirated engines, but um, I don't know. Something, something strikes me as being so bad with the previous engine that they had to go for something new. I disagree in the Alonso uh, rank of things. I, I personally don't think he'll see that out the season. I, I think, it, it, well, the only way he'll see out the season is if the McLaren starts scoring points. If it's in the top 10 on a regular basis from the first three or four races, then yeah, he'll see a reason to keep developing it. If he is 18th, 19th at the Spanish Grand Prix, he'll walk. I'm sorry, I can't see him staying loyal because he's gone to McLaren from Ferrari with the hope that he can raise the team up to the top again and he can go for another championship. He's now, it is now beyond the longest gap between world championship titles for a single driver. Lauda won in 77 and it took him seven years to get back to the top in 84. It's now the longest period. I don't think Alonso can ever win the world championship again now from the start of this year, because I think you're right in saying this is his last chance to win a title, but he needs to be in the top three in testing by now. You know, that car is woefully down on power. It's woefully down on mechanical grip. That is a guy who is incredibly motivated and he wants to prove that he's one of the world's best and he is still one of the world's best. Why would you spend an entire season running around at the back of the field? It's like Nigel Manson in 95. You know, at that point, he was one of the very best on the planet and he knew the second he got into the McLaren in 95, it wasn't worth his time. So what's the point? Alonso will stay. He's getting paid a significant amount of money. Yeah, but there's there's only so many times that you can have that embarrassment on your ego and your consciousness. How big a paycheck okay, needs okay. to be to be that embarrassed? Is it embarrassing? Is it his fault? It's not. Oh, of course it's not. Of course it's not his so, fault. I don't, he'll, he'll finish the season out. He'll finish it. And I'm sure he'll get, he's enjoying these cars. He's spoken a lot already about how much he liked these, like these cars. I think he'll end up staying. I reckon he might sign a new contract. If it's not with McLaren Honda, because they don't show an improvement, I'm sure there are other seats, even if it's a romantic return to Renault in the hope <laughs> that they might be able to do something because works team. Matt, there's a slight Mercedes. difference. Matt, there's a slight difference this year, isn't there? Because Alonso has an easy out because McLaren have another driver waiting in the wings who I'm sure would hop in when asked. Yes. Mika Hakkinen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do it, do it, do it. Oh, Thank sorry. You. Did I get that wrong? Anyway, so, so Jensen, Jensen would master this situation in a heartbeat uh, if, if required. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I he seems to really not be having a good time at the end of last season. Unlike Alonso, who for all, I think he enjoys stirring the pot. So this is like kind of perfect for him because it's draw, it's prime drama. But I don't know. So, so Jake, let me get this straight. You're basically saying Alonso is like now England with rugby. Yeah. For, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I, I could I can see that, but I don't know. Like I say, I, I think he still enjoys the, the the basis of it. For him, it's going to be all progress. If he believes Honda is going to get on top of the issues, 
then I think he's, I think he will buy in. He, he, if he thinks they can get on top of the issues. And I just think it's too early to know whether or not Honda really can get on top of the issues. And, and that's, that's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to be with it. Because we have, we don't know that the Honda engine is that down on power because they haven't been able to run it. We don't know how fast the other cars are going to be able to run because one of the things we are hearing is they've piled on so much downforce, they don't have enough fuel to run at that pace for an entire race. We really, really don't know a lot of things at this point. It's just too early to make the call, I would say. In the chat room, uh, Hannah Hassel says, uh, that is a pathetic attempt at facial hair, Jake. And she's even tagged you just to make sure you definitely, definitely get the message. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've got to get, you know, some form of Hungarian geneticism into my veins in some way, shape or form. So uh, anyone wants to offer her? No, that's the bad idea. That's the o- bad idea. Othnil says, even with bigger tyres, Jensen would still struggle to find grip. And uh, Martin Farrington says, not a chance of JB driving another dog. I don't know. I'm- I agree. I agree. Jensen will never come back. Never that's come. my opinion. He'll never come back. Okay, and then, and once again, apologies to our regular live stream viewers who couldn't find us on YouTube. I don't know why. Apparently, we're not the only ones, but the YouTube live stream is not working. Thankfully, we do also go on Downforce Radio, the nation's motorsport station's Facebook page, and live stream from there. So you've got a lot of opportunities. And while you're there, why not check out everything Downforce Radio outputs? Loads and loads of shows, motorbike shows, Lean Angle podcast. We've got... um that one where they just go round in circles and only turn left. Oval Talk, which is an immensely popular podcast. You've got some comedy with Pitboard on Downforce Radio. Pitboard is like, I think that it's basically like Andy Toxvic, not Andy Toxvic, Sandy Toxvic's, uh, when she was doing her quiz shows. Jake's a bit like that, but with F1. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and there's loads and it's a grassroots show there's karting stuff on there if you're a motorsport fan and you're not subscribed to Downforce Radio what on earth are you doing uh, they will tell you where to find ground roots ground roots grassroots motorsport just making a note of the fact I've just been compared to Sandy Toxvig a lesser hang on sorry a less attractive Sandy Toxvig I am now officially the Danish lesbian quiz show host on Downforce Radio there we go excellent other nationalities and sexual preferences are available uh, Alex uh, what were you going to say about uh, about Alonso and Honda and, and we're going to move on pretty soon yeah well it was a long time ago I had my point because then Matt talked for a week as he normally does but he anyway. does he talks a um, lot <laughs> Um, going back to what Jake and Anil were saying was um, if anything this whole thing with does it hurt Alonso doesn't hurt Alonso in the slightest if anything everyone still thinks which I don't buy into he's still the best and having a car that everyone knows he's going to have apologies for that um, I think that's having having a rubbish car that everyone knows that is poor they're still going to think oh well Alonso is still the best driver out there so, if anything, it helps him. So, he will hang around for the paycheck. He hasn't got a chance to destroy his uh, legacy, considering he hasn't got a car good enough to be beaten by the best in the world. Fair so enough, they, yeah, uh, okay. His <laughs> legacy was destroyed the moment Ferrari called him in for that pit stop. No, his legacy was destroyed the second he said, I don't know anything about Singapore 2008. I know nothing. I know nothing. Yeah, I don't believe that for a heartbeat. No way. It was destroyed when he threw his toys out the pram in 2007. Yeah, agreed. Hungry 2007. Agreed. That's, agreed. When, that's when Alonso went downhill. To be fair, the legacy's been destroyed by Father Time. He's he's 36 years years old, and and as as Matt and I and Alex will attest, uh, the joints don't quite react like you wanted to. Uh, come on, Alex. I've seen I've seen you carting. You've slowed down. Wh- whatever you say. <laughs> hey. <laughs> 
Please, well, please tell me you used to be faster than that. Come on. Listen, Spanners, nobody in this panel is turning around and saying, you're not as good a producer as you used to be. You can't start taking a racing driver apart for being slower just because they've got a bit older. Look at Sebastian Loeb. End of I've discussion. Got slower because I got fatter. That I can well, 2017, oh. Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Get out. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, we're talking to a Neil Palmer because I think we've, I think we've done the autopsy on McLaren quite enough for one week. Um, and Neil, you were at trackside for Barcelona too. Uh, and you were quite lucky. You managed to get some, some access, some spawny access out of nowhere and, and really get up close and personal with some of the, um, the F1 personalities. Yeah, it was quite an amazing day. So I actually went for the last two days of testing. Um, First one I just spent going around the track with our good friend, Retro F1, Tom Clancy. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, host of a radio show, which I forgot to mention with Downforce's other motorsport shows. Absolutely. Uh, that circuit is incredible. Barcelona, love it. And I, I, I never thought I'd say that because every year on television, it's like, oh, it's going to be a boring race. It's a boring race. The cars can't overtake. The cars can't follow. But that circuit is spectacular to watch F1 on. And um, that that turn three that's now full throttle just makes your jaw drop. So if any of you ever get the chance to go, please do. The, it's so scenic. It's a fantastic circuit. Um, one thing I will say, a lot of people been talking about engine noise. Are they going to sound louder this year? I actually think the engine sounded great everywhere. Yeah. Apart from at the end of the straights. They, they sounded fantastic everywhere. I walked around the whole track. And then I started walking down the pit straight. You know, Hamilton comes up, to, goes past us at 200 miles an hour, and you almost get excited. Your body almost starts to shake, and then it just—it's not enough. Did um, you did you see Alonso breaking down? Because Steve Bycroft in the chat room uh, said, "I assume Alonso has a supply of deck chairs for watching races written into his contract by this point." Uh, no, but I, I saw Stoffel break down twice actually. So when I got to the oh, no. end of the pit straight, I saw uh, we heard there was a red flag pit over the wall. Stoffel was in the pit lane. By the time I walked down to turn 10, I heard a very nasty car coming out of turn 9. I think I was a bit of bad luck to him. I followed him around that day, apparently. Um, the following day, thanks to McLaren, I was given a paddock pass. Amazing experience. Uh, met a few of the drivers. It was very easy to meet the McLaren drivers because they were, unfortunately, in the hospitality <laughs> in, area there all quite day. quite a lot, yes. Um, but yeah, amazing experience and I'm pretty sure if you go to testing you, for 50 quid, you can actually just buy a paddock pass. It gets you in for an hour. You get great access, great opportunity to meet other fans, drivers, team personalities. Um, I think before the show started, I did talk a little bit about some of my what you know specific experiences. But one thing I will say, I saw an incredibly surreal moment where Kimi Raikkonen, after setting the fastest lap of the day of testing altogether, got out of his car. And the first thing he did, he just picked his son up and gave him a kiss and kind of smiled as any parent does when they when they're toddler kind of grabs at them and it was this incredibly surreal moment where i realized that these men that we worship are just dads and it was really weird yeah you're seeing that as a sweet moment what you don't see is the indoctrination that young children put us fathers through it's basically a pavlov's dog response you hear a tug or your child's voice calling you and you think "Uh oh i either have to feed it through the hole in the front of its face or I have to make sure that it's coming out in an orderly manner at the other end. Uh, so no, what you saw was not love and a touching moment, simply the dead response of a man whose life is effectively over apart from his work life. <laughs> Anil, thanks for that glimpse into the paddock. Let's go on to our second bit of... Big Dirty News.
let me lean heaviest on the member of our panel who does the most writing and is therefore the most informed. I apologise in advance to everyone who's listening. At the beginning of the race, if uh, if the circuit officials deem it too wet to start, they'll go out behind the safety car and potter around for a bit and put on a bit of a, a very boring show for 10 minutes. And then um, if they think it's dry enough, they'll come back in. The safety car will come back in and then they will line up on the grid as they would do and have a standing start. I think it's a fantastic Right, so it's actually quite different to what I thought it would be. I thought that if you mid-race had to have a safety car out and it happened to be wet, you would grid up. But what you're actually saying is, it's basically like Silverstone last year, where they drove around for like 20 minutes until it was dry enough for Inters practically, uh, and then they came in and and, and at that point, it wasn't worth it, was it, Anil, to then just have this mundane start behind the safety car? Why not grid up? So actually... This isn't um, this isn't sprinklers on the circuit or uh, DRS or chocolate tires at all. This is this seems pretty sensible. I really like the idea. I was at Silverstone last year, and I had um, my grandson's seats were looking down to turn one, and or down the pit straight. Sorry, and it stopped raining at like ten to one. The sun was out. I was re- I remember being really really hot um, when the race started behind the safety car. It was just really frustrating. Uh, I get maybe they should have maybe have one just from where the standing water was. By the time the safety car came in, everyone came in for instance. Absolute joke. I like the idea of this in principle because it's clearly fixing an issue that a lot of the passionate fans of Formula One have had a real issue with. But I still think there's too much leeway for, you know, staying out for too long on wet tyres until we need intermediates and then just starting the race with a standing start anyway. And it's fine. Don't worry about it. I I do feel that we need to return to the era when, you know, drivers can actually race in Formula One cars with wet tyres. We just don't seem to be able to do that at the moment. And I like the fact that, you know, we're going to get standing starts. But if we're just going to have laps behind the safety car until we need intermediates and then grid up and then a lap comes and we need intermediates, then there's still no point to having wet tyres. So I'm glad they've made this decision, but it does need to be done correctly. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Um, if they determine it to be okay for intermediate tyres, if they pit while the safety car is out or before they've gridded back up again, they won't be allowed to rejoin. They have to start again from the pit lane. So they're going to have a massive penalty in comparison to what they would have done previously. So that's actually, they've tried to legislate against that, but it's not quite as good as I would have hoped. And just to be clear, we're only talking about instances where the race has been suspended and then there is a restart, and it's wet. It's not every time there is a safety car out on the course for any reason. Which right? they did discuss doing. Yes, and I really wish they had done that, because I think that would have been incredible. It would have just allowed them to jiggle up the pack midway through the race. I think that would have been spectacular, especially with uh, the uh, the Mercedes being shoddy at starts last year. <laughs> and new clutches, don't forget. Alex, but that's kind of, if they had done that, they're kind of fighting for the, the soul of F1, isn't it? Entertainment versus pure racing. And it's like, oh, I, can't, I, I get the purists and what they want, but I mean, we pay our money on our subscriptions to be entertained. From a racist point of view, yeah, starting grid, starting it up, if you've ended up dropping back due to wet weather to come back to the front is a great idea. I think the reason it might not have been taken up is a technical reason. I think they take so much out of the clutches when they do the initial start and temperatures and all these sorts of things, I think that might have been why that rule of doing them at every single safety car restart might not have come in. 
Speaking of Mercedes doing dodgy starts, have you seen the new clutch paddles that they've put on there? Basically, the the paddles behind the steering wheel, they've got little slots for their fingers to go into so that they can get a better feel on it. It's just incredible the level of detail they've got on that car. But I think it won't make a jot of difference. I think think they'll just shoot backwards at the starts. But I do need to say that they did make one decision that I'm not pleased about, and I'm just digging through the regulations real quick here. When you're in under a suspended race, work on the car is permitted and specifically changing wheels and tires. And anybody who watched Monaco in what was it, 2013, when (laughs) Vettel put on his new tires is like, no, don't let them do that. Yeah, that was the best way to kill a Formula One race. They absolutely slaughtered a Formula One finish that could have been magnificent and legendary. No, if the race is red flagged and there's still race to go, I don't care if you've got bad tyres. That's your own fault. Deal with it. I'm sorry. That's It's pathetic to go, oh, well, everybody can repair their cars and have brand new tyres on. That's even, no, it, it, it's appalling and it kills the sport. It genuinely kills the sport. I'm surprised that one's in because they talked so strongly about taking it out. So I'm yeah. really surprised that one's still in. I'm I'm looking at the latest version of regulations, and and they list uh, the work that can be done in the fast lane, starting That's the ridiculous. engine, fitting removal of permitted cooling and heating, changes to air ducts around front and rear brakes, radiator ducts, driver comfort, wheels and tires, and re- of, repair of, and this does bring up some questions: repair of genuine accident damage. I'm gutted and disappointed about that. Yeah. Driver comfort. So just can Kimmy eat an ice cream? Is that the important thing we're yeah. talking about? Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's what That's... that rolls out for. Perfect. Awesome. I'm let happy. me, gen- ladies and gentlemen, let me interrupt you for a moment. And before and after I interrupt you, I will give you the chance to be F1 gods and dictate the will of Formula One and ask you what you would change. What one thing would you change about Formula One? Uh, Before then, I'd like to say thank you to our patrons who literally bring you the show. Because of the patrons, I am able to totally separate, you know, family money that goes towards feeding those little horrible things that run around and dominate my life from uh, podcasting shed money, from uh, upkeep of the live stream, from upkeep of the the websites and for replacing things that break. Uh, And hopefully one day... um, replacing things that break on Matt's if he stops doing his illegal tax schemes and he he actually needs help with his equipment. Uh, Sorry, not illegal. um, Inventive. Thank you for that. I'm going to be audited now so you can contribute to the cost of defending (laughs) me instead. I so appreciate that. If you'd like to contribute to Matt Trumpet's lawyers. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And you've said that Matt's equipment doesn't work. I think that's quite rude. On his lawyers, trumpets, 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 and ready. I'm fairly sure they are, aren't they? Yeah, and, there's, yeah. there's, and there's no tax, tax implications of that whatsoever. But li- really, <laughs> literally, thank you so much to the patrons. Because of you, I do not have to answer to the long-haired colonel at home when it comes to podcast expenses. And someone from the live stream, Steve, has just this second watching the live stream contributed to Patreon. Really, really makes my day. Um, it's the moral aspect. It's the financial aspect. I thank you very much, Steve. Winging its way to you will be an invite to our Slack group, Matt, where me and Matt... Uh, Vortex, Ferret, I think Catman, I'll send you an invite if you're not in. Um, but we have a, we have a great chat time, um, in there. It's very much a mix between like a WhatsApp group and an internet forum. Yeah, I was going to say it's going to be responsible for me getting fired eventually. It's so entertaining. But my, my actual law <laughs> firm is Dewey, Cheatham and How. Absolutely fantastic. Okay. Let's make you all Formula One gods. You can change one thing about Formula One right here, right now. You can have your sprinklers on the track you can have a red shell that that goes and takes out the front person no that's a blue shell who should we go to first jake you're the god of f1 you can change one thing what's it going to be uh oh go to someone else and come back to me i can't think I'm, I'm trying i'm trying but there's so many things i need to slim it down to one come back come back to me wow you took a really long time to say i don't I know. know catman what would you change I would uh, change it to uh, so they would be cheaper ticket prices so that I can actually go to a race for once. I haven't been for ages. Um, it's just got too expensive. Uh, I'd love to be trackside again, but I, I just can't afford it. Even Well, I could go on a Friday, but I can't get off of work. So there you go. I'd love to go for a whole weekend, but I, can't. I absolutely agree. Um, I went in 2013. I, I thought that I could just do general admission at Silverstone. I couldn't. On my own, there was no way I could find anywhere to sit without camping out at a place for two hours. But I was actually, I was actually on my own. So, you know, if I didn't needed a pee or a drink, there's, I would have lost my place. I thought I had a spot. And then as the race started, loads of people then jumped up and jumped and sat on the, the barriers in front of me. So I couldn't see a thing. So last minute, I had to go and spend 90 quid to go and get a seat on the grandstand at Village. My my first experience of F1 was a general ad- admission in 1998 at Silverstone. I don't know if you remember, it was absolutely tipping it down. And I was actually sat behind one of the grandstands because that was the only place I could see, looking through the little struts to try and see the cars. But I loved it because of the noise. That was the only bit I could see or hear at that point. So actually, now the noise is gone, that would just be awful that's right and actually the only good um the only good view i got before going into the grandstand was i managed to sneak in under the stands um at the international pit straight before the start and managed to see quite a lot of the interviews and stuff going on <laughs> but i think i ended up spending 350 quid and which made it kind of almost like a once in a not once in a lifetime but once in a few years kind of experience where it should be more like a football match where you can just you know tip up you know, watch a couple of races a year. What other sport are there where the, the, the real fans never go and see it? So it's a once in a generation uh, opportunity like the Scottish referendum then? No, we'll once just do four, that. Once every four years? 
This is not a political show, but uh, I just want to say, <laughs> good luck, Scotland. It's too late for us. Save yourselves. <laughs> Save yourselves. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we have two suggestions from the chat room. Oh, good. One from Korku Anoma. Allow helmet design changes, but then the helmets get put up for charity auction. That's a great and shout. Also, great shout. Also, also bring back curves and remove DRS. Those are the two that I've seen so far. DRS has has had a catman. That was a great suggestion, by the way. And by the way, this year, my ambition: if I'm going to go to any race, I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to go to Monza before they take that cherry pie away from me. So plan to join me and see me there. That is my motivation this year. I went in 2014. Monza is the cathedral of. It's my mecca. It's wonderful. You got to get there. So uh, I have thought. I have thought long. I have thought very, very hard and in depth. Uh, I have decided uh, the one thing. This is going to be controversial amongst the red-blooded males uh, who are watching and listening. But don't my you, don't you take grid girls away from me. I would like to get rid of good girls. Oh, no. I would like to get rid of good girls. And I want to wait for it. Wait for it. I want to replace them with young mascots. I want to replace them with young fans. So like under the age of like 18 or whatever, uh, they get a chance to like be part of the race team there in the paddock and they go out on the grids uh, and hold it. That would be such a really, really cool way for everyone to interact with its younger fan. That's what I'd do. I actually mentioned that during my time at Formula E, and apparently there's a legitimate reason why that's not possible. It's because it's something to do with having um, people under, under a certain age onto the track when the car's alive. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Which, well, but I completely agree with the sentiment, because you have it in football. Yeah, it's yep. great when you watch a football match, all these kids, all these school kids come out with their heroes. Super fans, you know, that kind, a, a, a super fan from that particular country. Why not? A super fan for, of each team for that particular country, or two of them. That'd be amazing. Alex, come on, you're a red-blooded male. Don't take my good girls away from me. I'm going to get yelled <laughs> yeah. at for this, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Jake, you're boring. Um, <laughs> it's just... not 1984 anymore! Get over yourselves and get a magazine! <laughs> oh, it's still incredibly boring. Can I do mine Magazine? Now? Can I do Sorry. mine? No, no, no. Sorry, no magazine? Actually related to How 80s one. is that? <laughs> <laughs> What's a magazine? I haven't read one of them. <laughs> okay, get a website. Sorry, get a website. <laughs> Free streaming. Sorry, no, I don't do that. It's fine. Carry on. So, um, I've got two that I really like. So I'm going to say them both. Um, ground effects needs to come in. All yes. this stupid big front wing stuff that stops racing needs to go. Ground effects. We all know it will solve the issue. F1 knows it will solve the issue. Just do it. I don't understand why they're not doing it for these. Because they'll still be fast. They'll still have incredible, incredible amounts of downforce. So that's one. The other one is... Wait a minute. Let me address that one. Because I think there is a lot of people whose livelihoods depend on the aero industry that has sprung up around F1 that are screaming uh, at their podcasting machines. I assume that's how people listen right now because you would cut out a huge amount of the F1 employees. Uh, Lots and lots of people are there purely because of the aerodynamics. And if you take away the need to make all those intricate little fins, you're going to kill the community of F1. And I've got a strong suspicion that that drives why we don't go to ground effect. But the Noah to overtaking is killing F1 anyway. Because it's supposed to be entertainment now, apparently. Thing is, though, not what it. Thing is, though, Alex. Since the I remember in the early nineties, people complaining about no overtaking and these trains and stuff like that. Fact is, F one's pretty cool 
with or without overtaking, we've had periods much, much worse than this for overtaking. And people still love F1, and they kind of know that. So I, it's almost like, yes, we know it's right, Jake, but there's just there's not enough momentum to break through it. Yeah, People seem to forget that F1 has never been an out-and-out racing formula. It's always yeah. been about the best manufacturers making the best car that go the fastest round a race circuit. Yeah, It's only since the modern eras come in and people want to see entertainment because they want to be entertained on television, which they're paying for that F1 becomes something that has to have something to overtaking. And if F1 is going to continue, it's got to have something that aids that. How cool these cars look and how fast they are. It's, I think um, all the drivers have been talking about it, that overtaking is going to be rock hard. That's a really good point, actually, because that's, when McLaren were dominating in the late 80s, Williams did it again in the uh, early 90s, and even before then, when you had you know Brabham were the king one year, and then uh, McLaren were another, Williams were another. Nobody complained, oh, it's boring, it's unwatchable, because one team's dominating all the time. But they did it. So, yeah, it is because we live in a 21-second generation. We can't really be satisfied by anything other than bang, crash, wallop, Maldonado's hit somebody. Oh, wow, he's rolled somebody else over. We're just so boring. as a, as We can't be that patient and we can't be that tolerant. I actually really want to see how 2017 goes to that. I do have one more very quick change, uh, and that's Africa. We need a Formula 1 race in Africa. That's, that's it. Hi, it's a world championship. It's a world championship, so we need a race in Africa. Hi, Alama. Before we go uh, off on a massive tangent, the chat room since Grid Girls came up has been talking about nothing but Grid Girls. And I know that this is a massive topic. And Steve put his, put the nail on the head there where he said that could be a whole podcast on itself. Do you know what? I'm willing, I'm willing to have the chat about whether you should have Grid Girls in 2017 or not. Uh, and we were being quite glib there, me and Alex, and we were giving that, you know, maybe not the full attention it deserves. So I'll tell you what. Hold the angry uh, feedback. Um, I just assume I'm a misogynistic pig until then. We will address it in season. We'll have a proper discussion about whether grid girls have a place in, in F1 or in society in general. We will do that, I promise. Um, it deserves more than just, you know, a fleeting bit of uh, lad banter. So I apologize for treating it so lightly. Alex, you had another change. Uh, yeah, it's the point system. So teams like, well, all the teams that came in, in 2009 suffered massively from not scoring points and i think if they brought a point system in that rewards team cars that finish a race so every single car that finishes the race gets points and you don't get points if you don't finish it means over the season teams like manor it could have saved manor because when um, max chilton was driving for them he finished every single race so that could have been a massive huge haul of points for manor that possibly could have saved them and it would kill McLaren. Just say apologies to the chat room. There's so many, so many good comments. I just cannot keep up with it with Facebook. So I so, hope someone is tracking uh, comment of the week. Matt? Yeah. So let's talk about ground effect cars. And let's talk about the real issue. And the real issue in following is the wash created by the rear wing and how long it takes the aerodynamic structures to reattach. Ground effects by themselves may not solve that problem. The front wings look so complex because they're trying to manage the airflow around the rotating tire, which creates most of the problem for the air moving downstream to the rest of the car. That's why they look so complicated. You could you could say we go back to a one or two element wing 
but that would not solve the following problem. It would not solve the aerodynamics problem. They've massively increased the size of the diffuser this year, and that essentially is the modern version of ground effects. I mean, they made it much, much bigger and given it a lot more power to the point where the teams have now piled so much downforce on that they're that we're looking at fuel problems in the races again. They're going to have to start spooling it back off or else they're going to be driving around at 30 miles an hour to finish the race. However, that's not what I really wanted to say. I wanted to point out that no one has asked me what I would do to make F1. My one change. Matt Trumpets, what would you do to make Formula One amazing? And And I'm assuming that I'm not allowed to say I would be in charge of it all and properly paid for that. So aside from that, and, and this is a tough one. This is a tough one because I'm thinking in terms of, of realistically actually changing things. So I have three suggestions. One would be open DRS backup. Use it wherever you want on the entire course. I think that would be fun. I like the pit stops I see in the WEC. So I would make the changes so that it wasn't like the single locking nut and the 1.9 second pit stops. I like to see the mechanics working. But if I could make only one change, this is what I would do. I would get rid of the mandatory pit stop this year because the tires will last for an entire race. And I yeah. concurrently, you could pick any three compounds you want. Done. I like that. I really like that. Actually, Scott Woodwiss came up with a great idea on the Facebook feed as well, which was to limit pit stops to one mechanic changing wheels at a time. So almost NASCAR style, because let's be fair whatever anybody says about oh nascar is just going around in circles the pit stop in nascar is such a spectacle i love watching nascar pit stops because it is just pure chaos and yeah. that in formula one would be magnificent i would love that but it's formula one's about the best formula well yeah but about the best and it's about the fastest they have the best well yeah just make fast. one guy do the whole thing it'd be great to be yeah. fair when you see a pit stop in just under two seconds how awesome does it actually look I think it looks mega when you no, see a car rolling, wheels go up, wheels go down. It's unbelievable, it's especially a few years ago when there was a steering wheel changed in that time as well. It's unbelievable. too fast. I'm sorry, it's too fast. It's almost become inhuman. It's too much like a machine, too much like robots. I like the human element. You know, I That's like the whole point of Formula One. It's, well, know, it's but, the cut above. But I like the whole sort of five, six second mad dash. It's just become too ridiculously quick. They're in and they'll go, right, they're in the pits and they're gone. It's like, well, what, what? If everybody's doing it in like two seconds, you know, you've, you've, the whole point of the pit stop for me, I like being able to see the wheels come off. I like seeing it go. It's too quick. Anil, uh, let's hear from you, maybe. Right. Here's my idea. And Matt's kind of said something similar. I would get rid of all the tie regulations apart from the three compound rule. It, what annoys me more than anything is when the Grand Prix is about to start, a graphic comes up on the screen and it says, Lewis Hamilton is a soft tire. On lap 42, he'll put on the medium. Strategy needs to be important. It shouldn't be determined before the race. Let yeah. them start on whatever tyre they want and don't reveal it until the tyre blankets come off. And let them pit. If they don't want to run the option tyre, maybe it should be optional. Isn't that what it is? Option, optional? I would love to see a driver maybe start, you know, go super super soft, super soft, super soft, and then the guy behind him goes only makes one pit stop, soft, ultra soft. Very up. It's too prescribed. Oh, good point. Really good point. I like that. Okay, so who who hasn't had their things that we would change? Anyone? Catman, what were you going to get in with just there? 
I was going to say, un- unfortunately, I think they would, as with the three compound rule at the moment, they would just find the the optimum strategy, whether that is you know, running hard for the whole race or, or running tons of soft stints. They'd very quickly get to an equilibrium where they'd know what the best strategy was and then they'd all be the same again. So uh, I- I'm not I-, I like the idea, but I'm not sure it would work in practice. Catman, do you have something to test the folk on their F1 knowledge this week? I do indeed. I have a quiz for you guys. Before we get Shall there, we? before we get there, what are you up to and where can people find you on the internet, Catman F1? Well, at the moment I have an 8-week-old son, so basically I'm doing very little except for on this podcast. So, um this is where you can find me right now. Occasionally I write things for F1 Fanatic, but I'm taking a bit of a sabbatical, so I'm all yours, Spanners. Good luck with that, because eight-week-old babies are terrible. Uh, all the way up <laughs> to about 18 months, they are absolutely awful. They do their business in a bag. Just do it in a bag. I, I swear, I'm not even making it up. They do it in a bag, and it's your problem <laughs> to then replace that bag around their body. Why anyone would ever do it, I don't know. It's horrid. Well, I'm 18 really months. Su- how quickly did you get yours potty trained? As soon as possible. That is absolutely the worst part of parenting, is having to replace that weird bag. Just leave him in the toilet until he does it himself. Lock him in there. All right, then, Chris, I'll leave you then to uh, sort out the, the, I don't know what questions you have, I don't know what format you're going, but test me and the panel on our F1, amazing F1 knowledge. Oh, hang on, should we, should we do some quiz music or something to, to make it seem all official? Let's oh, get... yeah, authenticity. There quiz we go, look. Music. When you said quiz music, I thought you were like going down the countdown route because that's more quizzy. That's just like <laughs> that's like champagne music. That's towards the end of the quiz, surely, when you've won. Exactly. Anyway, it's all I had. <laughs> well, I know we'll push for time today, so I'll just do a short quiz uh, for this one. But we do, as you rightly alluded to, we have a new format for the quiz today. And uh, as is the name of the Missed Apex Fantasy GP League, we're going for the wrong but first quiz. So this is a quiz where you have to answer anything but the right answer, and that will get you the points. The faster you answer, the more points you get. But don't forget, your answers must be feasible, i.e. related to the question, but still wrong. So, for example, if I asked, what is a natural feature in the centre of the Albert Park circuit? You could say pigeons. Excellent. Perfect. You got the you got it. I would have said a volcano instead of the correct answer of a lake. Or what is Kimi Räikkönen's nickname? You could Magnum. say. Bo- there you go. Wow, that Mr. Lover Lover. Right. So actually, I wouldn't give you many points for that. You could say oh, blabber. What? See, there you go. Um, so you get points for you get points for the speed and points for the creativity of your answers. You can get up to five points per answer. I'm so not looking forward to five, this. My first answer of Charlie's theorem. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I like Charlie Theron, so that'll get you five points. Perfect. So do I. How can you not? If she was a grid girl, I would turn up. Okay, so (laughs) we shall we shall start off. (laughs) We'll start off easy then. So the first question is: Where is the Australian Grand Prix held? Australia, Adelaide. Ah, Jake, that was correct. So therefore, that is wrong. So you get no points. Oh no! What did you say, Jamesy? Adelaide. Adelaide. That's close enough. Stadium. I like that. So, Jeansy, we'll give you three points for that one. Woohoo! Okay, so, uh, next one. What is the main colour on the Australian flag? Red. 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 Cerise. Oof. Jake, I'll give you two points for that. 
Okay, and this is, by the way, this is a, a, a very validated quiz scoring scheme. Hang on a second. <laughs> yes, yes, Matt. I think you need to time adjust my answers due to lag because I'm in the States and all you folks are over there across the I'm starting, I'm sensing, I'm sensing a problem here because I answered it at the same time as Jake according to my, my thing right here. Catman, yet, I think you are going to have to nominate someone to answer. I think I'm going to have to do that. Okay, so we'll go to you next, Matt, because you feel aggrieved. When was the first Australian Grand Prix at Albert Park held? 1999. Close enough. Two points. The Pence song. Look it up. <laughs> uh, we'll go to who have we not had? Uh, Spanners. Yay. Who won the first GP at Albert Park? Nigel Mansell. Nigel Mansell. Close enough. Two points. Wait a minute. Do we not find out the real answer? Okay, the real answer was Damon Hill. Oh, I okay, see. That's uh, very close. Very close. Kind of like Too close. So, Anil, who won the race last year? The Easter Bunny. That is brilliant, Anil. Four <laughs> points for that one. Excellent. Um, who really won? Who should we go to next? Jake, uh, who is the most successful driver at Albert Park? Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi. Uh, that is pretty rubbish. So we'll go for three points. Excellent. The most successful much. driver is Michael Schumacher. Um, okay, so we'll go for Matt. What is an Australian name for a kangaroo? Gopher. And Alex, let's go for name a team to have won a race at Albert Park. Minardi. Minardi. I'd like to awesome. nominate Juventus. <laughs> Arrows! Brilliant. So the correct answers were, actually there's quite a few. We've got Mercedes, Lotus, McLaren, Red Bull, Braun, Ferrari, Renault and Williams. So pretty much every team out there except for the ones you mentioned. So that's awesome. Okay, Spanners. Which notorious driver crashed in four out of five of his opening races? Max Chilton. (laughs) (laughs) The correct answer would have been, anybody know? Yeah, hasta la pasta, baby. So, yeah, um, he didn't do quite so well. My so, hilarious can... joke was Max, Max Chilton never went fast enough to crash, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that, that is a brilliant you... answer. That's awesome. Give that you is legitimately the best answer. It works on a lot of levels. I'll give, you a full, <laughs> I'll give you a full five for that. He does awesome. deserve five points for that. <laughs> By the way, if I uh, win the first quiz that I'm competing in, whereas everyone's been accusing me of being the thick quiz master who wouldn't do well, well, I'm amazing. Unfortunately, on my quiz write-up sheet, I've got Matt, Jeansy, Jake, Anil, and I was thinking of something else, and I wrote Albert instead of Spanners. So, unfortunately, <laughs> Albert <laughs> is your own quiz. <laughs> yeah, well, the if that's the way it worked Good out, that's the, way it, that's the way it worked out. <laughs> Come on, Albert, you can do it. Okay, Anil, um, let's go for which driver rolled his car at the start of the 1996 Australian Grand Prix? Luca Badoa. <laughs> Luca Badoa. Brilliant. I'll give you three. Correct answer is Martin Brundle. Mm. Okay. He was in the Jordan and he kind of flew over the top. And when they stopped the race, he ran back and took the spare car and just got in and go, went off can, again. Can, can I do what the a lad. impression of Murray you're ever going to hear tonight? Go on. And miracle of miracles, Martin Brundle is perfectly all right. <laughs> chat room. Chat room says it's not just you, Spanners. You're all thick. Um, thank you very much. Uh, Sarah Reynolds <laughs> finds this all too confusing. D- don't worry, you're not alone. Catman did not pass this by me before. I take no responsibility. All complaints to at CatmanF1 on Twitter. 
Absolutely. And the thing is, I can't get them wrong this time because you're all meant to get it wrong. So that's perfect. Is this a reaction to the many, many complaints we had to last week's safety car question? <laughs> no, honestly, it's not. If I start recording again, is it picking up? It's picking up the audio. So we just lost about three minutes. So just carry on with your next question, please. Apologies. But, uh, so I will say apologies at this point. If, if it seemed like there was a weird, awful cut, we, the, my recording software just stopped for some reason, uh, for two minutes. So apologies for whatever in-jokes you may have missed. They were so funny, though. That's not a problem at all. Okay. Uh, so where do we get to? Um, I'm going to go for Jeansy. Let's see. Where do we get to? I've lost my page now. What do you think of the pink Force India? It's pink. I mean, that, he doesn't get any points there because that's correct. That is what that, he thinks. That is correct. That is a zero. Zero, yeah, exactly. Jeansy, that's right, yeah. Afraid. Shame. <laughs> Okay, and Jake, for the last question on my sheet, uh, let's see. Which airline sponsored the race in Australia? Louder Air. Louder Air. Oh, I like that. That's brilliant. Little known, that is actually an airline owned by Nicky Louder. And Spanners, for your final question, for a bonus 10 points, see yes! if you can resist. See if you can resist this one. Who should get in the sea? The answer is... The answer is Nick. 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 Marcus Ericsson. Marcus Ericsson needs to get in the seat right now. Get in the seat, Marcus. So that's a minus ten points. No. You just can't not say it. I tried really hard. You just can't not say it. As a Albert there. So let me do some really <laughs> basic maths, which I'm really awful at. So this could have just all been for nothing. Here we go. So, uh, yeah, good. So, in last place is Albert with minus three points. Oh, Albert! It could have been so different. (laughs) Sorry, classic Albert. Classic Albert. Albert. He's always doing this. I hope that we actually uh, recorded the bit where we called you Albert. So, if not, then that could have just been a totally. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Oh, Albert. Yeah, absolutely. and in that time period, I called Albert came to the podcast and answered on behalf of Spanners. Yeah, <laughs> good <laughs> old Albert. Hashtag classic Albert. Okay, in fourth place was Jeansy with seven. Whee! Tied for second place was <clears throat> Trumpets and yeah, yeah, the Almighty least... Sanson, which means that Anil is the winner well with eleven points. Well done, Anil. Congratulations, and Neil Palmer, champion of what some people are generously calling a quiz. Uh, Neil, <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Where can people find you on the internet, Neil? They can find me on Twitter at nilp228. I advise following you. You're a man that's going places eventually. Not right now, but just keep the faith. Something will happen at some point. If I just keep crossing my fingers. The universe will sort something out for me. I know it. I can feel it. If you've listened this far, gentlemen, and if you have, congratulations on having stuck through that hot mess. Hopefully I edited it into something that sounds reasonable. We can assume that you do like listening to Missed Apex podcast. So why not make sure that whichever feed you listen to, whether you listen to my feed uh, at MissedApexPodcast.com, make sure you subscribe to that feed. Uh, that goes through Blueberry. So go to Android, your podcatcher of choice, and make sure you click subscribe on that. If you're unsure how to do it, go to at Missed Apex F1 
on Twitter. The pinned post will give you instructions. If you're listening on the Downforce feed, do the same thing. Don't rely on Jake Sanson and I to actually post things. Subscribe to that feed in the same manner. Jake, what's going on with Downforce Radio, the nation's motorsport station? Well, uh, we've st- we're still carrying on with the Birrell Art UK Karting Series, which is uh, where a lot of the young talent of tomorrow is actually competing in. Uh, Jake Hughes came from there and he's now in GB3. Uh, we've got lots of great motor racing action through the course of the year. Loads of great shows, loads of great podcasts, loads of great articles, loads of great Drive Tribe things. Just lots and lots of great stuff. DownforceRadio.com and Downforce Radio on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Drive Tribe and Snapchat. And uh, yeah, basically just get on it. It's great fun. And this week, Andrew Cook in the... <laughs> In the chat room, it seems unprovoked, but it says, some people have a six-pack, Jake has a keg. I, I have the kebab keg, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking it. I'm rocking the fat guy. Look. I am the world's fastest fat guy. Well done, Andrew Cook, winner of Comment of the Week uh, this week. I'm, clap- I'm happy to be the object. Do you know what? Comments. It was disappointing. For all the fat comments you make, I met you in real life, and you're not, you're not that. You're not that fat. No, I'm not that fat. I'm that fat, which is even worse. <laughs> so you're not like me and Alex, who are nearly not fat. Uh, Alex Van Jean, where can people find you online? Uh, only place to really find me is on Twitter at at, at Alex Van Jean, V-A-N-G-E-E-N. Um, won't see much from me at the moment because I'm not doing much generally at the moment um but hopefully got some racing coming up in the next couple of months we hope but you, and you, me, when that you and me need to absolutely very soon go car go 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 karting find a place mm-hmm. where we can take the list the missed apex contributors and listeners Indeed. simply race simply race no i want a That's real a simulator center not a go-kart track as good as they are, I would like How a real go kart track. Uh, and my, um, boys, my boy Ben runs it. I love the place. It's not a go kart track. Um, <laughs> but Alex, uh, you and me, we're gonna we're gonna find a place. I think we're gonna go up to Corby. Let's 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 find a track and let's organise an event. What I think we need is a bit of feedback from the view- listeners on what they consider as a maximum they'd want to pay. Yeah, price is always no because a, because. Yeah. If, we want, if people are happy to pay 70 quid, we can go to a massive big outdoor circuit. Yep. If they only want to pay 30 quid, we go to Simply Race. If they want to pay 50 quid, we can go to a nice indoor circuit. So we need a bit of feedback from the from the Absolutely. Listeners. So get in touch with me, spannersready at gmail.com or at spannersready uh, or at Miss Apex F1. And let us know uh, what you would want to pay to do a karting event with all of us and see if Alex Van Gee, uh really is as good as he makes out. Uh, Matt PT fifty five on the Twitters. Where can we find you? What are you plugging this week before we get out of here? I can be found at Matt PT fifty five on the Twitters. And as always, I am plugging all of my wife's work. It is time, dear listeners, to go and buy some slightly racy and highly entertaining novels for your significant other or others. Or you know, I, I make no judgments in that regard. So they are entertained while you are locked in the cocoon-like embrace of an entire race weekend next week. And it is next week. And since we didn't get around to predictions, I predict Lewis Hamilton to win the race. And everybody agrees with me, correct? No. (laughs) I do. He's going to smash it, disappear off into the distance. He'll get a pole and then get a bad start. There's going to be no bad starts this year. Controversial Vettel for the win. 
So, Missed Apex listener, thank you so much for sticking with us and even joining us during the off-season. But the time for the off-season and inane waffle has finished because we are now going into the Formula One season proper. More than anything, I hope that you actually enjoy the experience of watching the race and that you'll join us for the race review if not on the live stream at 8pm on Sunday, then for your Monday morning commute. Until next time, remember that wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. This was Mistake Pets. See, Matt, tonight goes to show that when all the tech stuff goes wrong when everyone's equipment is failing, uh, when everything seems against us, we can still produce a show that's kind of vaguely listenable to, sort of. A bit. Slightly. My quiz was ruined again. Yeah, I think you <laughs> ruined it you with know, the you concept. Know, you know what? I, I'm going to say I think it was rigged. I think Spanners was concerned about being put on the spot and <laughs> in advance. The disaster, and when it wasn't what he thought, he forgot. He forgot to call off his plans. I, I, I fancy I, creating an ultimate Formula One super nerdy quiz. I fancy that. I, I would just that. like to say to Matt, how dare you suggest that I would be in charge of that complete cluster bomb of a quiz? Okay, <laughs> that would never have gone past vetting, and there's a good reason Catman didn't tell me what he was doing. I was looking forward to proper questions, Catman, and you've completely uh. and utterly let me down. <laughs> I enjoyed I'm it. I'm also really annoyed we didn't get to predictions, because I actually did homework and have stuff written down for uh. predictions. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I had that as well. Well, maybe, you know if, maybe if we didn't talk about uh, Honda right, for stop, 40 stop, minutes. Stop, stop. Here we go. Here we go. We have a couple of minutes. I wanted to cover real quick from testing. Mercedes, rumors of a crankshaft problem. They expect to be sorted. Yep. Renault, ERS problems. They expect to be sorted ferrari the only unknown we have about ferrari is their actual race pace when they only have one tank of fuel and honda well you know they <laughs> might be sorted but we expect some new things to show up anyway so so i mean that's the state that's where our predictions start so anil what did you have yeah let's just go for it. Say, uh, bonus material uh, well, so here we go is this just for melbourne it's whatever you want season. I mean, mentally, okay. I've checked oh, out, Melbourne, so say what you want. Ferrari, okay, Ferrari are going to perform really well. I think they'll be favourites. Um, done. Wow, wow. Okay. Wrong. Ferrari will be nowhere. Go on, Alex, show us I the... Tell, the... I can tell you why I think that, but I won't bother because we have time. We're not really out of time. Anyway. We're just sitting here now, Saturday night. Spanners, you can probably answer Australia for me. Okay, what, go on. You think Hamilton to win? Easy, easy. Hamilton's got Hamilton's got that in the bag. However, that's not what I've got for the next four, which we talked about. Go on then. But, um, wow. Here we go. Settle got, in, everyone. <clears throat> so I've got Lewis for, for China and Australia. I've got Seb for Bahrain. I've got Bottas for Russia. And I've got Lewis for Spain. Did you like spin like a it was like a roulette reel of drivers. That you <laughs> no, it was one of those. It was one of those little things. Vettel, Bottas, Hamilton. Vettel, no, because Bottas. I can't just say Lewis is going to be pole and win all of them because that won't get me anywhere. Will Lewis win? Fanness away from it. No, so they're good predictions. Um, did you but, have any more broader ones? But where we where we talked about um, whether there'll be trouble between Bottas and Lewis, I think Bottas will want to keep himself clean this year. He's got a one year contract. He wants to cement himself in that I, seat, and I, I, I don't. Agree. And I don't yes. think he'll cause too much of a fuss this year because he'll want again. He'll want to get three years at the end of this year. So what you're saying is his real competition is Wehrlein and Ocon. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I have predictions. Vettel for the win in Australia. Hamilton for the title at a canter. Uh, Red Bull for the Constructors' Championship by one Whoa. point. By one point. That's a big one. Uh, and uh, Vettel and Hamilton to swap seats at the end of the year. Wow. <laughs> Lewis is stressed he's got no interest in going to Ferrari. Vettel and Hamilton Several to swap times. seats at the end of the that year. That means he must Would you have, have that little faith in Bottas? No, no, it's not that at all. Uh, Bottas can just get on with it. I think he'll win four races in the but year. You said that you that. think Red Bull are going to win the title, which means you obviously have no faith in Bottas to bring it home, or you think the Merck's going to have issues? I think the Merck will have issues. I think Hamilton will bring it home more times than you know Bottas will, just because of the way it is. Uh, I, I just think Verstappen and Ricciardo will be so strong that they'll get the Constructors' Championship by one point. It'll be that close. I think they'll uh, hit each other this year. That is so specific. No. I think I think what you're overlooking is I don't think the Renault engine is all that. Oh, I, I agree with you, but the car is going to be incredible. The car is always incredible, but so the, on the slower circuits, it's not going to matter. The, yeah, but that's not going to be enough, I don't think, because Botas, Botas, and 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 Hamilton are going to be like clockwork. Hamilton meaning, will dominate. Botas, <laughs> yeah, but he's going to bring like much like Rosberg, he's going to bring those points home. He demonstrated like he had for me, ability. for me, because it's going to come down to how long it takes Merck, James Allison, to copy those Ferrari sidepods, um, because they produce way, way less drag than what the other teams have. And on the yeah. fuel limited circuits, Bahrain, Sochi, Australia, Ferrari are going to have a big advantage. They've moved the cooling engine parts beneath the car. Like what they've actually done from an engineering point of view is great. If the car actually works, and by testing, it's really reliable, mm-hmm. and they were the fastest car on the straights. They're going to be really good at those fuel limited yeah. circuits. I've got a prediction. Go on. Right. Every Rosberg fan, inverted comma, every Rosberg fan that was only a Rosberg fan since 2013 will suddenly become a Bottas a, a fan. Bottas fan. Yeah. <laughs> Almost as if it was completely motivated by a strange desire to not see Hamilton do well. Yeah, fair enough. I- I think Bottas will hit Hamilton at the first corner of Australia. <laughs> wow. either, that, yeah. either, either that or he'll beat Hamilton and Hamilton will go off in a huff and be replaced by his dog or by Pastor Maldonado. Not a bad... <laughs> not, uh, Apparently, no, Rosberg no. is in the paddock and I never Maldonado. saw him. <laughs> Maldonado will come back as the safety car driver this year. That's going to be ah. the big deal that's coming out of the woodwork. But yeah. in, the same way, in the same way that nobody saw Rosberg retiring, I'm going to be the only person in the world to see that Vettel and Hamilton will swap seats at the end of the year. I'm the only person who thinks that will happen. And when it happens, I will laugh at you all. Absolutely wrong. Uh, everybody has been underestimating the relationship that Lewis Hamilton has with Mercedes. Mercedes love Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton is their boy. Bottas will be nothing but a rear gunner this year, as Alex nothing! said. Nothing! Nothing! He'll be nothing but I, a rear gunner. I can see Even, even if he is quick enough to, to hang it with Lewis, I just don't think he will. I think he'll just hang back because he wants three-year contract, because who wouldn't want to stay with Mercedes? Yeah, he barely beat Massa in the Williams for crying out loud. All right, things we don't know. Number one, James Allison. Patty Patty is gone to Williams. James Allison now in charge. We really don't know what that's going to do to the team long term. Exactly. Just going to say it. Everyone's overlooking it, but it is true. Second, Lewis got a La Ferrari. Always important to remember that. Always important to remember that. And third, I'm pretty certain he's got a Porsche 918 and a P1. Uh, Oh, he's got the trio. Mm. Yeah, he has got the trio. Oh, 
Jake he is buys one everything. He's the one of his one of his big things when he was at McLaren was he wasn't allowed to go and buy the cars he wanted to buy, and he went mental with cars when he when he moved to Mercedes because they allowed him to buy whatever no. he wants. I no, wouldn't does, buy into that. Does he go on a road trip with Justin Bieber and Rihanna? Oh God, no! I've just vomited in my mouth a little bit. There. <laughs> I I quite like Justin Bieber's songs. What's... Also, the reason that I don't think there'll be a swap between Lewis and Seb is because Kimmy's going to go next year. And I think Perez is going to get that seat, and there is no way Ferrari going to want. And there's no, I agree with that. And there's no way Ferrari are going to want two new drivers in that car next year. Fair enough. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I can see Hamilton and Vettel swapping. I can see that. I'm going to have Hamilton, to uh, Hamilton trying to drive for a Ferrari before his career is over. Exactly. I exactly. I totally agree with Jake. And well, they gave him the Ferrari. They gave him the La Ferrari. Not everybody. It's all because it's all because of the Senna factor, right? Because he's a Senna okay. fanboy. He wanted to live the same sort of life that Senna had. And Senna, before he died, stated that he was going to see out the last stage of his career with Ferrari. That deal was already on the table, and it was going to happen. He was going to join them for 1996. So that is what was going to happen. So I think that's what Lewis will want to do. But I can that's see it happening. I think you're wrong about Vettel winning at Australia for the following reason. It's going to be Raikkonen, because as we all know, Vettel is the number one driver at Ferrari. <laughs> and we yeah. all know, of all the things Ferrari have improved, <laughs> strategy will let them down. So they're going to screw up Vettel's strategy, and Raikkonen will be there to pick up the leavings. I like no, I think there'll be pigeons in the middle of the track that might stop Vettel winning. <laughs> that's, that's my prediction. Seagulls. Actually, that is Seagulls. Our new promo that we've got uh, mid-program for Pitbull <laughs> during the commercial break actually includes that little tag where he's blaming seagulls. I love that. Very, I th- very I proud that of, one that. of my th- that. was, to be fair, my moment of last year. That was that properly made me roll. That was yep. brilliant. <laughs> pure genius. Pure genius. Well, I, right. I, I do physically have to press stop at some point, so it will so be now. And unbelievably, uh, you are still listening. You're still here, listener. You've listened to these inane idiots waffle on their mad ramblings <laughs> for an additional 20 oh God, minutes. I'm, I didn't know we were still recording. I'm glad I didn't swear. I just, I just thought we're beyond the Rubicon. I'm just going to leave it. Let's just, let's just roll. It's pre-season. It's the last day of term before the real stuff starts. However, I must warn you, the debrief will be severe. Names have been taken and uh, oh. decimation, oh, okay. decimation will take place. Right, okay. I'll see you in another six months then. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.